The world around us is changing faster than ever before. before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome, Welcome. to Data Welcome. Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be, bold, be brave, be and be brave. fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. Oh, I'm so excited about today's guest. I have Adam Jolly, who is recently just appointed president of EMI. Welcome, Adam. Hey, Thema, how are you? Good. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It feels just like a culmination. Something I've been working for, obviously, forever, but like the last year has been such a good focus. So it feels so great to be here. Yeah, and I, I really commend you guys because it feels like you guys went through the process of as disciplined as you could be in terms of succession planning and making sure that you were prepared for the role, which is really neat that both you and Mike invested that time to do that. Yeah, and I, I'll tell a little bit of the story. Is was I was, you know, I've been in EMI for 12 years and I was in sales for a long time. And started like feeling just kind of an itch, like what's next type thing. And, and I saw where the company was and where Mike was. It's weird we tell the story. I asked him to go to breakfast one day before work. He had no idea what I was going to talk about. I just told him uh, I'm all in and, and I want more. Like, I, I want to take over. I want to. That's I want so to be cool. President. Wow. And he was, <laughs> I didn't know, really know what to expect. Right. It's like knowing I know Mike. He would at least try. He would sure. put some kind of development plan. And then, you know, if it didn't work out, then I was, I was still safe. Like, he wasn't going to be insulted or, or throw me out or anything. Right. So, yeah, for the, for the last year, it's been all kinds of just planning. I took over some – I got to do a lot of experiments with the sales team here, a lot of experience in what we were doing for our product development and doing technology. And it all kind of came up roses, which was great. And we got to the point, finally, you know, it, it really started to hit home. We think about September, October, and, like, this is happening. Oh, my goodness. Like, this this is really starting to happen now. We started outlining up things. You know, it, what, it was – equally as much as what am I going to do versus like what is he going to do like this right. is his baby and we're going yeah. into our, our 20th year this year and just like what is his role how does his role shift and I think once we, once we realized that it was more it was more than about me it was more than about him but also the company and we started to get this more holistic type approach it was, a, it was an awesome succession that's so cool and I do agree with the term it's it's his baby right and and now the collective baby and you know how and the reason I feel like it's such an amazing step forward because he's actually letting you take care of his baby, which is which is huge when you think about your own children. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is like that. It is like we we kind of set up we set up boundaries and ground rules. We're really big on like boundaries and empowerment, and like we we actually went back and like two or three times last year wrote job descriptions. Okay. Of, like like you would like if you were trying to hire someone. Sure. Like okay, what is the job description of the president? What is the job description of, of Mike's role now? Mm -hmm. I think like. That just so we had all the expectations of place. I think sometimes, like, it's easy, like, it's, like, you're dealing with external clients, you're always coming up with, you set expectations, right? Because you want successes and you want at the end of the day to where everyone has, like, a, like an affirmation and you're all on the same ground of what does success look like. And right. I think internally in companies, sometimes you kind of skip over that step, you know? And then you get to places where you're thinking, like, uh, I don't, am I happy? Is this how we want it to go? Is this how we want it to be? Like, is Mike happy with, like, how the company is going, things like that? And so sure. once we could set expectations, and write those job descriptions and it was really became like a 
a checking off of boxes type scenario instead of like thinking and trying to interpret things. Yeah. Really you take the emotion out of it too. Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, so where is EMI? Where, what's the future look like for EMI? Yeah. But our biggest thing is trying to diversify a little bit. And this is something that I, I feel like I talk a lot about here is our industry has changed so much and it's changed in different ways. I mean, it still is. The you know, online sample is online sample. Right. But I think there's different ways to go about finding it now. There's different incentive type plans to different applications. And the biggest thing that I feel like everyone I talk to in the sample industry is talking about how buyers have changed. And maybe it's just a reallocation of the same money. Mm-hmm. But like the buyer has changed. And so we need to adapt to that also, like in our messaging, in our products and, and where we're going. And so, you know, forever we have been this consultative aggregator. You know, you, you come to us and we consult you through the sample process and we either give you a blend or we, or we you know, use one panel that's recommended and kind of taking our own bias out of things, having like, the, you know, this no compromise type thing. Objective, um, but that's right? not for everybody. Yeah. Right. That's not for everybody. Like we have to change from that. And we're limiting ourselves so much on the type of clients that we have and the type of, you know, buyers that are out there. And so we're incorporating more APIs, you know, looking at external APIs as well uh, for the client that just needs the data. Looking into things like, you know, getting involved with blockchain to like a different type of buyer and seeing like what does passive data hold for us. And, And then working with different types of clients also too, like I mean, I mean, I remember it was the biggest deal in the world in June when the Hot Michael 50 came out. You start, you know, all the salespeople around and like stake their claim, you know, right. put a flag in the ground. <laughs> and it's just not that anymore. You know, yeah. like it's branding firms, it's advertising firms, it's management consultants. And so like we're, we're changing how we sell, we're developing more products. And I think it really broadens our horizons and gives us more chances to succeed rather than in the past. I think we, we thought about it as more chances to fail. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think that you make a lot of good points. I mean, when you talk about the traditional research buyer changing, that's one point. But I also think that, you know, there's lots of opportunity that are kind of broader than MR, which is exciting, right? It's just a matter of packaging and pricing and delivering to those new audiences or those new segments needs. A hundred percent. And it's it's just, yeah, it's a new thing. It's beyond the typical MR, right? right? I mean, we're forever it was just quantitative for us and then you start doing some qualitative and then like there's just so many different ways now and and really you know it takes it takes disruptors to to kind of break down a little bit of those walls for you and start to realize you know it, but I'd rather have somebody that, you know, is changing the way things go, like, you know, all the new types of companies, like what is Zappy is doing now to where to giving people more like bandwidth type mm-hmm. of market research. And then you talk about what, what Lucid and Pure Spectrum have done in the sample industry and things like sure. that. But you would rather have a disruptor like break down the walls for you than get to the point to where like it's a, if we don't change, if we don't evolve, then we're going to be out of business. Right. And so, like, I appreciate those type of people. And, and our goal now, I always tell people here, like, because um, we hire consultants, so we always ask people what they think is like, can we get to the point where we're the ones telling people what we think? Or like our way is that disruptive type of way. Right. That's kind of like a, a goal or mantra that we have around here now. You mean in terms of leading that charge of disruption? Yes. Um, cool. trying, trying to get a little bit more. Yeah. It's, yeah, um, cool. because being first to market is really scary. Um, I have yeah. the saying here all the time and it applies to like everything in life. I feel like sometimes is like the first step that you take is always the scariest. Mm-hmm. You need somebody like push you off. And so 
you don't want to be a disruptor. You don't want to be the first to market because it's so scary. But then right. once you get rolling, like then everything kind of works out because you are prepared and you realize and you're like you have been trained, you have been prepared for for whatever like pitfalls come your way. But we want to start taking those first steps a little quicker that's, now that's and, really cool. and, uh, and not need the push to come off the ledge. Well, the only thing I'd say is it's maybe not the first step, maybe the first 10 steps. <laughs> right. <are> the hardest. <laughs> right, right, for sure. <laughs> well, that's really exciting. That, that sounds like a fundamental shift in, in kind of mindset and, and orientation, which is exciting. I want to go back to when you talk about the traditional MR buyers changing, what do you mean by that? What do you see as some changes? I think people are becoming, well, I think it goes twofold. One is forever, you know, if you go to conferences for a long time, pushes, started from the sample industry probably first is talking about like how with bad quality a lot of it comes back to what is the end client portraying to it. there was like a disconnect between the market research firm and the brand that you were working with and then the sample company right and so there was a, always like when people would say well samples the commodity samples this samples this samples this we're like well we, not really we were maybe just not being you know, applied the right way and because of it, and a lot of that was because of the, the big market research firms that we were all working with and these behemoths that were kind of slaves to the brand and so they had no problem doing 45 minute studies or all kinds of grids and just like not great research practices or maybe not putting things like mobile capable and things like that they were just kind of slaves to like the routine right. not really innovating when how they were changing how they were doing market research and from that like but they had the names so they kept growing and so if you look i don't think really for a long time, the top 10 market research firms never changed. Mm -hmm. But then like new options started coming up, you know, and I think a lot of like, not boutique, but like there's a big difference between somebody that is like a Nielsen that's over, you know, 900 million versus like a Directions here in Cincinnati that's at like 45 million, you know, and like they started getting relationships selling and like, somehow this behavior driven industry that we have started to actually look at the behaviors of the people that were doing the research and started taking it into account. And so I think that then you start to see like, uh, you know, what's going on with the GFK and it's and some of that, you know, things are starting to consolidate more and some of the big players are starting to come down and, and it's hard for a big player to be agile. It's hard for a huge market research company to, to innovate and, and take that step forward because they're so big, there's so much riding on it. And so you have things like, you know, a company like Mesh that is, you know, under 15 million and they can try new things and try new types of research and, and really get out there and, and shake things up and take a market share from them. And then with the DIY type research to where a brand can say, you know, do we need to spend this much money with a market research firm or can we bring in somebody with a PhD, get a staff of five or six, mm-hmm. take all this data that we're studying on and then do some primary and secondary you know, research that we have and do it in-house and save ourselves so much money compared to going out to a big company that maybe doesn't know what's going on inside these walls. And so like the, that's been a huge change, a huge shift, and I only see it keep, to keep happening. It, it's different. You know, I, I share this analogy all the time about DIY. Like there, I watch HDTV 30 hours a week, probably, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like, I feel like I could change my backsplash. Like, why would I hire a contractor to come in or do something? Or why do I need, you know, to hire some, a handyman to come in and do this anymore? Or yeah. a big company when, when I can kind of, I can do it myself and I become an expert and there's so much more knowledge on how to do things now. And so the, that's why I think like the buyers have changed so much. And I think that it's going to take 
a lot of like soul searching almost for like these large market research firms to really time to adapt. And some of them have. I mean, some some of the things that Cantor's doing, you know, they they drive off different, they spin off different type of brands that allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the anomaly, I think, to a lot of what the big market research firms are doing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I actually think that that mid layer of market research companies are actually innovating or we're seeing some consolidation or partnerships where they, they can be more agile and more creative and innovative that allows, you know, companies like EMI or, or other companies in the space to to kind of partner with them versus just being somebody who, who in the old days we used to say sling sample. Right. Right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Let's switch gears to SampleCon. That's coming up soon. It's great that you're on the board. I love working with you on the board. So hats off to that, yeah. to you being part of it. But um, what are your thoughts on upcoming SampleCon? I'm really excited because I think that, I think I'm more excited now because I have more of an appreciation for what SampleCon does. And okay. I start to, in, in the more that I see, like, as you start to see things like blockchain come up, as you start to see things like, um, different types of like consortiums or other things like start to come up, I start to appreciate what SampleCon is. And so like it really is, and I, I honestly, I didn't know this walking into it my first time three years ago, right. but it is such like a, a sum of all parts. And it really sure. is a, a place where you can come and you can learn about sample. Sure, if you wanted to, you could get sold to by sample people, right. <laughs> but you could learn like what, like different types of sample suppliers and what things that people are doing. You can learn about new trends and grab onto them if you want, or you can uh, see what's wrong at the same time. There's yeah. so many different avenues that you can take with SampleCon. And I think with a lot of things coming, like there's always some kind of bias. And I feel like SampleCon removes a lot of the bias, mm-hmm. which is maybe, you know, when it first started, it was, it was so connected with right. what Lucid was doing just because of what it was. And I, it's changed. It's not yeah, like that. Totally like I, that. I think that's that's like a myth from the outside mm-hmm. that it, you're going to go there and all they're going to talk about is programmatic sample mm-hmm. and dashboards and just like what's the cheapest, fastest way we can fill a survey. And that's changed so much. And the conversations are enlightening. And it also doesn't like put all its eggs in one basket. And I kind of learned that last year with like, um, you know, I loved IIEX last year, but like you couldn't take a step without stepping on the word blockchain. Right. Like sample kind of, you know, sample kind of a little different because you do get a wide variety of, of all the different things that that you can learn about in the industry. And I would suggest it for you know, not just the the sample people that are out there, so you can network and learn more things, but also the market research firms that are looking to get smarter about how they're sampling, brands that are trying to do more of the in-house type things, uh, and learn like what is kind of the ingredients inside of their recipe. Like it really can't hit everyone in the industry. I completely agree with you. And I think that as a board, I mean, we've diversified a lot. We have a lot of different players that represent different parts of the ecosystem, which is really cool. And in fact, this morning, I was just looking at the speaker lineup and we truly do have a swath of very diversified speakers and topics that kind of pull from all segments of the industry. So it's really exciting. Yeah, it's it's hugely exciting. And the variety of speakers are crazy like yeah. it really is like so many different levels and i mean we're talking about everything from like incentive type things to the to the blockchain to the yeah. trends and it's not always that's one thing like it can be easy on conferences to always look at like the what's next right rather than fix the problem that's in front of you and sam kind of does a good job of balancing both of those yeah we try not to get too too much into the hype and balance it so tell me what's your perspective on blockchain speaking of something that's a hot topic in our industry it is something that so I, when I start, when I first started hearing about blockchain, I was like everybody else. I was just like, okay, cryptocurrency type thing. And then you right. started getting into it, and I think you can get lost in the technology. 
And then you start focusing on like the benefits that you could have in your industry. And that's where I lived for probably like three months where I was just like, man, on paper, mm-hmm. this answers so many problems that we have with the market research industry. Then I started to look more into blockchain and like in other industries and, and really, you know, you can find probably a 60, 40 split of like, like blockchain just might be a fad in other industries. Like it is just like a technology that isn't really engaging, isn't really capitalizing on some of the things. But um, I do think that the market research industry is different in that and that are the, the issues that we have that need, that need maybe a more immediate type of fix. So mm-hmm. thinking like how transparent are we with costs? How about incentive structure of the know your customer type roles, like some kind of verification, those type things as well as the linking up of different types of systems uh, to know more about behaviors. Right. Um, blockchain checks those boxes. And like yeah. on paper, it, it makes 100% like, it, it, it's totally feasible to me. There is kind of the thing where you almost wonder if you're reinventing the panel mm-hmm. type structure. And everybody, I think I've gotten like six emails or comments in the past that say this is like true sample 2.0. Yeah, I've heard um, that as well. Where somebody's come up with an idea. Yeah, somebody comes up with an idea and like, yeah, it makes sense. But then it gets it gets owned or taken over by a group of people that might not have like, you know, the best interest in mind or might have objectives that aren't just purely based on quality and, and like the growth of the industry, their own type thing, right? And it was like reverse. True sample was weird because it was something that was like reverse pushed on us. Right. As an issue, like if you want to work with ConAgra, you have to do true sample. And everybody was like, well, this, yeah, yeah lead me, don't push me type right. thing. Exactly. But well, I think blockchain could be different from that. Yeah. I also think true sample was so focused on our industry. I mean, I think the other thing that blockchain has going for it as a technology is that it is cutting across so many vertical industries. And so that gives me pause as well and saying, look, you know, maybe we should be a little bit more open to these. to this specific concept because it is radically changing other industries as well. And so why not ours? And and what are those kind of levers that we have to think about to leverage the benefits of blockchain? I I often think about blockchain, you know, when I think about populations that are not as technology savvy, and I wonder, you know, what's going to happen to those people? Are they actually going to be able to monetize their own data from, you know, from a personal, I always think about my my mom and, you know, probably less representative groups that might struggle with that concept i don't have an answer but I oh do for sure that. yeah yeah like i don't think it's going to be a problem for like an under 30 year old correct that type of thing so they can see what's going on and maybe not a problem for like the uh like a baby boomer gym right. I mean, younger than a baby boomer generation right yeah. like they they're starting to get more apt to it but then there's gaps right there's right. like this weird 30 to 40 year old range that i don't know that i think is maybe a little bit like I've seen some of the things that are a little bit more privacy alert, you know, yeah. and yeah. the older crowd, obviously, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So would they do that? Would they link up things? You know, the biggest thing, one of the things that I'm starting to see, like, to think about, like, there's this big push over the last, like, five years, like, monetizing databases type. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a thing that, like, it's kind of, like, since, like, it's kind of their model, right? right? And then you saw Lucid is really pushing that more now with their new rebrand, like, monetizing your database that you already have being almost like a profit share type type realm. And I think that blockchain, blockchain could be huge in that. Yeah. So, you know, if some people like, it's not just, well, I guess it depends on where you go. So if you think about what an OEB is doing, they are kind of treating it like a lot of, you can have separate databases and you get the scores on separate databases. So you can, you could really now, like you could go there and put your database in there and then maybe interact with other databases. Mm-hmm. Baraglyph seems to be going like the, one ring to rule them all type realm right. like all the data, data is go together and like how do you like 
separate those together. But yeah. then like an action, yeah, a measure protocol is doing it to where like every database is different and becomes mm-hmm. like, you know, thousands of communities. And so like, I think that's a, I think that's a bigger deal to the sample industry than say like, are these people going to put us out of business because they have a better quality product? But like it, it, it almost like puts a magnifier on the things of what yeah. like Vision Critical is doing or what like C Space is doing, like yeah. with their communities, and like blows it out of the water because it, it again comes like a lot of communities, which we know communities can give you richer data. Communities mm-hmm. have all these benefits, but their negative has always been like well, how much I'm going to pay for to build this thing, you know. Right. So I think that that could be a huge thing for blockchain that could really kind of change the industry a little bit if it's done right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the way that you describe it is the way I think about it. I think it's process improvement. It's better quality. I don't think it's necessarily, right. you know, destruction of an industry per se. It's it's more of a, how do we do this better and how do we monetize the data that we get from these right. people that's more beneficial to them and also helps our industry. 100%. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think that blockchain is going to be like a huge money maker for right. like for someone that's selling it. I mean, it'll be a huge money maker for like the developmental companies and stuff. But like sure. if you are... It's not new revenue. So for us, like if we plan on selling a certain company's blockchain, I'm not like, well, there's a plus 10%. That's right. For yeah. the year. <laughs> it's not a stream. Yeah. It's more like an improvement of the process and like an improvement of the product. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Thanks so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, I can't wait for SampleCon. It's going to be great. I'm super excited. Super excited. Thank you so much. I, I do just have to say that, like, whether you wanted to be or not, you've been a huge like mentor to me throughout this whole oh, process. And thank you so Con, much. And um, I really appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to Data Gurus Podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.datagurusspodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.datagurusspodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.